millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Misty. And this is Lattes and Legends. Oh, good morning. It's Monday. Here I am again. Yes, I hope it's getting warmer where you are, like it is here. It's, uh, we had some snow last week. Driving in it was fun. But not for me, for someone else. <laughs> um, anyway, happy Monday, happy March. Hopefully everyone's doing great. Hopefully your Monday is going great. I'm sitting here having my coffee still. And it's sunny and beautiful outside, so I'm really excited to be awake. Oh, it's daylight savings. That's why. <laughs> um, today I decided to put hot chocolate in my coffee. And, hmm, mm-hmm, delicious. So, hi, just wanted to say thanks again to all of the listeners, subscribers, followers, reviews, what have you. If you would like to follow the podcast on Facebook, it is Lattes and Legends Podcast. Instagram is Lattes and Legends. There's a Twitter somewhere. And the website is lattesandlegends.com. Yeah. So I wanted to quickly dive into some of the things I've been listening to lately and watching. I started watching a show called The Dropout on Hulu. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but Will and Grace is on Hulu. So I've spent a lot of time on Will and Grace. I watched The Worst Roommate Ever, which was really good and creepy. And what have I been listening to? Hmm. Always my favorite murder. Duh. Um, and the gals at Dumb Love. And then Christine and M at... And that's why we drink. Yeah. Just a few podcasts I listen to on a regular basis. I have a few more 
um, that I try to listen to here and there because they get a little dark and sometimes I'm not in the right headspace for that. So, you know, when you feel that you need a comedy podcast, you got to find something that's funny and not go down that spiral because as much as I love creepiness and true crime, it's not good for your psyche all the time. So that's just my two cents. Anyway, I have a couple of stories today because as I was doing the first one, I realized it wasn't too long. And so I am doing two. Also, I don't know if I'll get one in in the next two weeks. I have some friends coming into town, the bookers, hopefully you're listening. Um, and I don't know what we're going to be doing. So I don't know if I'll have time to do a podcast, but anyway, so the first story I have for you today is called the Hill of Crosses. And then I will get into the suicide forest. So both of these came from a magazine. I randomly found at the grocery store. Uh, called World Scariest Places, and I think it's, I'm looking at it right now, it looks like it might be like a Time Life series or something, oh no, Centennial, whatever that is, so I saw it on the magazine rack, which who goes to look at magazines, I never really do, uh, and I found it, and I found lots of things in it, so you'll be hearing a lot, a lot more about it, so the first one is the Hill of Crosses, and the sources for this one are the World's Scariest Places magazine, Wikipedia, SacredSites.com, the whole world is a playground.com, OdysseyTraveler.com, MatadorNetwork.com, which is an amazing site. Just check it out. UnusualPlaces.org, TheCultureTrip.com. So let's talk about the Hill of Crosses. So there's lots of names in this that I will not even attempt to pronounce, just so you know, because I'm not Lithuanian. I don't speak any of the language there, so I'm not going to butcher it. Um, You guys can look it up if you want to know how to pronounce it. So the Hill of Crosses is known for its heavy atmosphere, and it is in Lithuania, and it's a national pilgrimage center. It is on a hill that's very small, but there are hundreds of thousands of crosses that represent Christian devotion um, to or in Lithuania, and then there's a memorial a memorial to the Lithuanian national identity. So it's pretty heavy in that way. So the city where it sits was founded in 1236, and Um, Basically, they had a tradition of placing crosses uh, to show that they had defeated their foreign invaders. And so this happened in Lithuania quite often. And this is kind of where the idea of the Hill of Crosses came from. If you look up pictures of the Hill of Crosses, it's pretty intense. Okay, so... Where was I? All right, so since the medieval period, the Hill of Crosses has basically represented the peaceful resistance of the Lithuanian Catholicism to oppression. So many of the crosses were placed on the hill after the peasant uprising that happened in 1831 to 1863. 
1895, there were about 150 large crosses. In 1914, 200. And by 1940, there were about 400 large crosses that surrounded thousands of small ones. Yes. So basically, this hill has been through some turmoil, uh, lots of political unrest and war and what have you. The hill has been bulldozed twice during um, a Russian occupation as religion was forbidden, but Lithuanians continued to sneak up the hill and plant crosses, despite what the KGB agents said, because they were patrolling the area. When Lithuania finally became independent in 1991, the hill came to significant identity, religion, and heritage for Lithuanians. So pilgrims, even to this day, still come to the hill, and they pray for miracles from Jesus or God, or whichever they're praying for. Crazy thing happened in 1993. Pope John Paul II visited the hill in September. Mm-hmm. So there's legends about this hill, and like I said, it's in the pictures are really creepy, and a lot of people say there's just this heaviness there. Some people say it's the heaviness of religion and healing and miracles, but others say it's the heaviness of just creepy legends. So one legend describes the origin of the crosses and relates to a Lithuanian farmer. And his daughter was extremely sick. So one night he had a dream. And in this dream, he saw a woman dressed in white. Hmm, why are they always dressed in white? And she appeared and told him to take a wooden cross and place it on a nearby hill. Hmm. So they followed her directions and... If he did, the woman in the dream told him that his daughter would be cured of everything. And he did as he was told. He returned home to find his daughter in really good health. Others come to the hill to place crosses because they want these similar miracles to happen. Perhaps they've also had a dream about a woman in white. I don't know. Maybe their Lord and Savior came to them. I don't know. I don't know how this works. I'm not uh, privy to that. So one of the most famous crosses at the site is a statue of Jesus sitting under a roof. And the statue is said to symbolize Jesus worshiping in secret. And he reflects the time when religion was banned in Lithuania. Side note, is it crazy that even back then, like in the 90s, that religion was banned in Lithuania. It just, it boggles my mind, especially because I was alive then. Hmm. If you weren't alive in 1991, welcome. I'm old. <laughs> all right, so the size of and the variety of the crosses kind of is just all over the board. There's beautiful crosses made out of wood and metal. There are also crosses that are tiny and there's some that are huge. There are elaborate crosses. They, they're just beautiful. And like I said, you should check out the pictures of the Hill of Crosses. Interesting stuff. I'll post some on Instagram as well. Um, there's rosary. There's pictures of Jesus and the saints. There's photographs of Lith Lithuanian patriots uh, that also decorate some of the bigger crosses. 
And then people say oh, that on windy days, it basically, the sound of all the crosses and the rosary sounds like beautiful music. I can imagine it sounds like some super wind chimes. Yeah, so basically, the reason I wanted to do this was because it represents culture and tradition. And it's astonishing how people in other countries have such culture and tradition. And here in the States, you know, it's funny because each state has different culture and tradition. We don't have a a dance for our country like some countries do. We don't have a specific culture like some countries do. You know, every state is different. Every state has a different accent. Even some states have five different accents. It just baffles me that our country doesn't have that. So if you're listening from another country, I applaud you and your culture and the history of your country. That's my little tangent for the day. So basically, yeah, these crosses represent the tradition of Lithuania and the Catholics in Lithuania when they were told they couldn't be religious. And there's just so many shapes and sizes. They're beautiful, small, humble, and then elaborate. And it's just something you've never seen before. And this is definitely a place on my bucket list to venture to at some point in my life just to see the statues and the rosary and just feel the energy there. I know it sounds hippy-dippy, but, you know, it, like I said, there's when people have visited, there's a heaviness. There is, uh, basically, they call it a maze, like a creepy memorial maze, and it's very intriguing to tr- tourists and travelers, and it's still a place of holiness for those in Lithuania. So, yeah, that is the Hill of Crosses. Now I'm going to get into something else called the suicide forest. You've probably heard about this. It's gained a lot of popularity. And uh, yeah, so sources are, again, the World's Scariest Places magazine, mentalfloss.com, japanesetimes.co.jp, allthatsinteresting.com, one of my favorite sites, nationalgeographic.com, and On that National Geographic site, they have so many pictures, and it's just astonishing what this place looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then timesofindia.indiatimes.com. A little redundant website, but that's a good one, too. (laughs) So basically, the Suicide Forest is about um, 13.5 square miles of forest. It is northwest of Mount Fuji, and it's known for its sea of trees. There is a quite the grim history of the woods, and it was a location for a movie called The Forest. I haven't seen it. Maybe I should. I'll make it part of my list. Uh, there's many visitors that have chosen this place to walk in and never walk out. So this is why it has become called The Suicide Forest. Yes. So legend has it that during feudal times when food was very scarce, a family might take the oldest relative, typically a woman, to a very remote location and leave her to die. This forest, if you were near it, 
became one of those locations. Ugh, isn't that horrible? This practice may be more fiction than fact, so keep that in mind. And there's many scholars that dispute it, but there's others that say cinicide was the most common in Japanese culture, and some people say it still is today. So, mm-hmm. These accounts of cinicide have been made into Japanese folklore and poetry, and thus, Japan's suicide forest. All right, so since the early 70s, there's been a small army of police, volunteers, and journalists that have scoured the area in search of bodies. Many times, they come out empty-handed. Mm-hmm. The body count has significantly increased in recent years and reached a peak in 2004 when 100 bodies in various states of decay were discovered in the forest. Hmm. Yeah, crazy. Many more have been have disappeared under the trees, under the roots, and others have been carried away or consumed by animals. Uh-huh. So this area Again, I don't know how to pronounce the name of this city, so I'm not going to butcher it. It is spelled A-O-K-I-G-A-H-A-R. A. <laughs> the city sees many suicides, and according to research, the only other place that has more suicides is the Golden Gate Bridge. Huh. So, there are signs that give warnings to people that go into the forest. One says, please reconsider. And another says, think carefully about your children and your family. And those are listed at the entrance. Yikes. What kind of place is this? For real. Crazy, right? So, I lost my place, sorry. All right, so if you have heard about this forest it's probably because of a youtuber called logan paul so not all the tourists that come here are planning their deaths many of them just want to see the forest because it's beautiful a lot of them are photographers and they go in there to find the best pictures possible so there's moss covered shoes in there briefcase ripped clothing Basically, it's a creepy horror movie kind of set, and it's real life. And photographers come in here to take pictures and all that. So many times visitors find the worst of the worst, and they don't expect what they find. And it appears that Logan Paul went to the forest, and he found some crazy stuff too. So he's a famous YouTuber, apparently. I don't know. I don't follow YouTubers. And he visited the forest because he knew the reputation. And he wanted to show his viewers just the eeriness of the woods and how silent it is and beautiful and what have you. So he kept the cameras rolling and they found a dead body. So he continued to film even when they called the police He put the film up on YouTube. It showed the graphic up-close footage of the suicide suicide victim's face and body. Mm -hmm. And many people were like, yeah, dude, that's not cool at all. That person committed suicide. Why? So what 
really shocked his viewers was as they were filming, he was laughing. Yeah. Him and his film crew, they were laughing about finding a body. Like, it was just not a good scene. So immediately he started to get backlash. He took the video down, but he did fight back about it. He apologized and defended himself, and he said he'd never intended to be this way or, you know, laugh, but he wanted to raise awareness for suicide and suicide prevention. Of course, laughing at suicide, not okay. And when you laugh at something like that, you're not trying to raise awareness for anything. Sorry, Mr. Paul. That was not cool. So it looks like he um, got so much backlash that even a few of the viewers told him that while he was in the forest, he should have killed himself too, which not cool, but you know, they were filled with rage and The keyboard warriors like to say things they would never say to someone's face. So, yeah, there's that. All right, I have some fun facts. Not really fun facts. um, About Suicide Forest. Basically, there have been so many bodies that went undiscovered. Some people claim that it takes up to 100 people. Sorry, I'm reading this wrong. Some people claim that 100 people per year take their lives there. Mm. Uh, Japan has a tradition of ritual suicide. And basically it is all about the samurai's honorable suicide, which goes back to Japanese feudal days. And basically um, there was a tradition that the samurais followed if they could not carry out their duties as a Japanese samurai. You can look up that as well. Um, It is called Seppuku. It's S-E-P-P-U-K-U, and it's a samurai's honorable suicide. Uh, Another fun fact, Japan has a very high suicide rate. In 2008, there was a 15% increase in suicides in Japan. Mm, Yeah. And the suicide prevention hotline told the Japanese Times, quote, callers most frequently cite mental health and family problems as the reason for contemplating suicide. But behind that are other issues, such as financial problems or losing your job, end quote. The Japanese government has also enacted suicide prevention strategies in the area where the forest is because they have seen the rates increase and so they are trying to slowly reduce suicide rates and they said that they want to reduce them by 20% over the next seven years. So part of this includes posting security cameras at the entrance of the forest and then increasing the patrols in the forest. There are the signs in the forest as well. And uh, suicide counselors seem to always be on their game. Um, one of the signs also says, quote, your life is precious gift from your parents, end quote. Hmm. So the forest is super spooky. Nonetheless, the trees just organically twist and turn and they have these odd roots. Again, it looks like a horror movie and the pictures are nuts. I will post some of those as well. 
so the forest is located at the base of a mountain. So the ground is uneven and rocky. And so there's also lots of caves around. Yeah. However, the big thing there is the terrain is very still and very quiet. And the trees are so tightly packed in that the winds whip through. And yes, there's animals, but the animals are very few and far between. Um, here's a fun fact. Like I said, these are not fun. They're facts. In Japan, most people take their lives by hanging. Ooh. The second common method for suicide in Japan is jumping from a high place. And this was from a 2004 study. So this study might have been done again and it might have changed. Mm -hmm. And let's see. There's best-selling books about the forest that have popularized it as a suicide destination. There was a book in 1960 called Tower of Waves. And in the book, the protagonist died in the forest. In 1993, there was a book called The Complete Manual of Suicide. And it called the forest, quote, the perfect place to die, end quote. Huh, what? <laughs> yeah, that book, The Complete Manual of Suicide, has also been found in the forest by many of the people that have gone there to die. Right? Isn't that crazy? That's so crazy. Yeah. So we talked about the, the practice of taking the women, the old women to the forest and letting them die. And basically this practice happened in times of famine and that way it would decrease the number of mouths you had to feed. And so if you were older woman, like what do you have to bring to the family? I mean, I can think of a lot of things, but you know, people don't see it that way. So that's why they would drop them off on a mountain in the forest and in hopes that they would die of dehydration, starvation, or exposure. So you might think this one is pretty self-explanatory, but there are rumors that the forest is haunted. Dun, dun, dun. Really? All those people dying in there? Yeah. So these mournful spirits that took their lives in the forest are said to linger there. And that's another reason that a lot of people want to go there to, you know, get that ghosty feel. Basically, some of the people that have visited say that these spirits will lure in the visitors and make them feel sad and then help them lose their way on the paths. And then they're gone forever. It's pretty creepy. Pretty creepy yeah so there's no camping or there is camping allowed in the forest sorry i read that wrong but police consider visitors who bring tents to be the ones that are contemplating suicide hmm that's weird maybe you just want to go camping i don't know but they say that visitors who stay there are probably the ones that are kind of weighing their decision per se, if they want to commit suicide or not. So I don't really know. Um, what else? What else? What else? So there's no cell phone service or GPS in the forest. And some people say that their compasses don't even work. So if you get lost there, it may be hard to report the fact that you're lost. 
another fact is not everyone who goes to the forest has death on their mind. There are many visitors that want to take in the views of Mount Fuji, and I guess you can see Mount Fuji from beautiful distances from, from the forest, and who doesn't want to go to some beautiful forest that has 300-year-old trees? And there's also an enchanting ice cave there. So um, there are paths that you need to stay on if you go into the suicide forest. And um, yeah, don't get lost. Stay on the path. Always stay on the path. Always, always, always. You know the rules. Always stay on the path. So... That is the Japanese suicide forest for you right there. I just want to first off say that, hmm, where am I going to go with this? Since we are talking about suicide, I just want all of you to know that there are places you can call and people you can talk to if you're thinking about it. And it is not easy for someone who has been a suicide survivor and had that in their life. If you want further information from me about that, I will gladly give it to you as a suicide survivor. It is not easy to talk about, but I know that people want to talk about it. So you can always email me about it if you are one as well and you need help grieving and healing it never stops. I'm just going to say that. So not to be a downer. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening. And I really hope that you guys like this episode and tell your friends and yeah, hope everyone has a great week. It is Monday. So make it count, kick this day in the balls. As I said this morning, and I will talk to you guys hopefully next week. Have an awesome week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.